0: Hello and welcome to SJL Daily. This is Lisa Whitaker, and today's reading is Acts chapter 11. In the preceding chapter, we learned that Peter has shared the gospel with Cornelius, a God fearing Gentile. This came about through miraculous visitations and visions. If you didn't read chapter 10 over the weekend, I'd encourage you to do that. Cornelius and his friends and family believe the good news about Jesus receive his forgiveness, and are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 11 picks up with Peter back in Jerusalem, explaining to some very upset Jewish believers why he seemingly broke kosher by visiting and eating with Gentiles. Let's read verses 1 through 4. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. The word of the Lord. The Greek word for in order is a strong word meaning precisely. Peter wanted them to understand exactly why he did what he did, so he patiently explained to them point by point What had occurred? And he had six others with him who could also corroborate his story. Let's pick up at verse 15. This is Peter speaking. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. And praise the Lord for this word. If this hadn't happened, most of us listening would never have become Christians because we're Gentiles. But Paul tells us in Romans, for God shows no partiality. And James also says, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you saw the Jesus Revolution movie, you'll remember that when the pastor began inviting hippies to the church, many of the church members were uncomfortable and even angry because these people didn't look like them or dress like them or act like them. Many of the members even left the church. As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to love God and extend his love to others, especially those who don't know him, whether they look like us or not. This brings us to the second part of the chapter, which describes the birth of the church in Antioch. Let's start at verse 19. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. This is the word of the Lord. Wasn't it amazing that God used the persecution of the early church to actually expand the kingdom? We never know how God will use circumstances that seem negative in our lives for His glory and for our good and the good of His church. Antioch was the third largest city in the Roman Empire, with a population of over a half million. You can imagine the racial diversity. And it was entirely pagan. So when the mother church in Jerusalem heard of the Greek Gentiles' conversion, they chose to send Barnabas to see if it was authentic. Who doesn't love Barnabas? We know his given name was Joseph, and he was from the priestly Levite tribe. We know he was from Cyprus, a Gentile area, so he probably knew Gentiles and was familiar with ethnic diversity. We know he was generous because he sold some land and gave the money to the apostles. And we know he was an encourager because the apostles gave him the name Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. Barnabas was able to see God at work in the New Antioch believers, and true to his name, he encouraged them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. My dear sister in Christ, Anita Kessler, who is now with Jesus, was a Barnabas to me. I can't tell you how many times over the years she spoke words of encouragement to me in my ministry work at St. John. She was always praying for me, for the praise team, and for our church. May we aspire to be like Anita and Barnabas, enthusiastic, generous, encouraging, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Barnabas brought Paul to Antioch, and together they taught the new believers for a year, and it was there that the disciples were first called Christians. James Montgomery Boyce points out that during Jesus' lifetime, they were called disciples, meaning students. Afterward, they were called saints someone committed to or devoted to God. They were called believers, pointing to their belief in the gospel of Jesus preached to them. They were called brothers, indicating a new type of family. They were called witnesses, as Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. And they were, as they proclaimed Christ as Lord and Savior wherever they went. But now they were called Christians, meaning Christ ones or little Christs. And logically, it was probably the Gentile pagans who gave them this name. The Jews wouldn't have used a word that meant Messiah to refer to Jesus. And they themselves probably wouldn't have because they already had several other names previously mentioned. But I suppose where the name came from isn't as important as what it means. J.I. Packer says that Christians should know their real identity as Christ followers by repeating the following truths to themselves daily. I am a child of God. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day nearer. My Savior is my brother. Every Christian is my brother too. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your life-giving word. Help us desire to be in it every day so that we may know you more. Help us as a church to remain strong in the faith and steadfast in our purpose, to worship you and bring the good news of Christ's saving grace to those who don't know you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.